Hi, good people, and welcome to Black Women in Wellness, a podcast amplifying the voices of Black women working to create wellness in their communities. I'm your host and the creator of this series, Rachel Heath. And today I'll be sharing my interview with the Black burlesque queen, Pearl Noir. Pearl Noir is also known as Mama Pearl in the burlesque community, and she's been blessed with the unique gift of embodying Josephine Baker and healing an audience in a theater or in the classroom. A paragon of glitz and glamour, Pearl is an intuitive healer, creative director, transformative coach, and the creator of the Healing Through Seduction program. She specializes in guided sensual touch, empowerment workshops, and burlesque-inspired healing rituals. As a visionary, she is also an advocate for people searching for a community to reclaim their bodies and reclaim control over their sensuality. I cannot even begin to tell you how much I enjoyed speaking with Pearl during this interview. However, folks, this is a sexy episode. We talk openly and freely about sexuality, sensuality, and intimacy. So please make sure you're prepared for that. Also, I will say we do talk some about sexual abuse and sexual assault. So if that is something that is a tender spot for you, maybe this isn't the episode for you, or maybe you want to have a listen with a friend or a support system present. It's a wonderful episode. It's a beautiful episode, but it's also one of those episodes where you might want to have some extra care in listening. So with that said, folks, I'm going to let the music play, or I should say, let the interview play. And uh, I hope you do enjoy this episode. Everyone, I'm so excited to be here with Pearl Noir. She is our guest for the month of June. Say hi to the people. Um, hello, people. Hi. Hey, hello. Beep, 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 beep. All right, all right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pearl, I have introduced you to the audience ahead of our conversation, but I always yes. like to give folks a chance to introduce themselves. Yes. So how would you introduce yourself as a person in the wellness world? Well, let me just start out by saying thank you for giving me an opportunity not to humble myself and honor my ancestors by telling the world what they have provided. So in the wellness world, I provide a space for women in films to heal themselves through the art of self-seduction. That way we learn how to stop relying on emotional surrogates to lift us up, to validate our existence, because all of us have been taught that our life doesn't matter unless we get that job. How are we getting that job? Someone has to validate us. Our lives, they don't matter. It doesn't matter unless we have that child, unless we have that marriage. How are we getting that? We got to convince someone to fall in love with us. And it's very, very dangerous. Although these things are beautiful, it's very dangerous when the only time we are exposed to our greatness is through someone else's eyes, in my humble opinion. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to agree with your humble opinion because, <laughs> oh my goodness, how many of us have gotten stuck in toxic relationships because we couldn't see ourselves? And I, I'm raising my hand too. Hello. We've mm -hmm. all been guilty of it. Um, and I love that you brought the ancestors in the room because, you know, we're all walking in the lineage of the people that came mm -hmm. before us. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, were there women in your 
lineage? Were there ancestors in your lineage that you can call up that kind of set this path for you to do this work? There aren't any that I can name. So I grew up very Southern, very Black, very white Christian values. Um, you know, it was all about how much can we struggle? How much can we give to the church? How much can we carry a load on our back? Um, and that is the only thing that matters is how much pain you can take. So there wasn't any woman from my family, you know, like I had some fabulous, I have some fabulous aunties who inspired me. You know, I had my aunt Verna who always wore her heels. Um, my mother actually, even though um, I don't have the best relationship with her because I've decided not to be emotionally um, manipulated by her and abused by her, but she was like one of my first inspirations because she was very much like a Whitley Gilbert. I, she reminded me of that character. Hello, aging myself out here. Um, she always had her heels on. So did my Aunt Verna, always had their red lipstick on. And so I was really inspired by that. But when it came to seeing them kind of uplifting themselves, I don't know that I saw that, but I will say as a child, I knew that I came from a lot of, I didn't know the verbiage at the time, but I knew I was a priestess and I knew that I came from that. Um, you know, most little kids, you know, or teenage girls, you know, they sneak out of the house to go talk to boys. I would sneak out of the house to talk to the moon. All right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we have these these iconic god figures all around us mm -hmm. like especially mm -hmm. in nature and i think for some of us i i'm i would call call myself a weirdo kid because mm -hmm. i very much had a similar upbringing as you did yeah. and i did the same thing i was out looking at the moon i was out mm -hmm. in the woods i was like i don't know what i'm doing in here but it feels like the right step so absolutely i get it I totally absolutely do. and every time i get a divination um i also had a past life reading as well every time since I was young, anytime someone read me, it's like, yes, you come from a long lineage of sensual priestesses. And we know throughout history, women who are sensual are always persecuted. And that definitely happened to me and my family. Like my sexuality, I would say even my sensuality too, really freaked them out. You know, I was called a fast tail girl because of the way I walked, but I was severely bullied. There was, the boys didn't like me. Um, when I came out as bisexual, it was like, oh, you're a pedophile now. But, you know, the cousins that actually sexually abused me were never called pedophiles. You know, they were just said, boys will be boys. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, to answer your question, you know, no, there wasn't like a reference to this power that I could see in the generation that I grew up with. But I but I knew it was in me and it's in them too. all the women in my family. They call it deja vu dreams. But I'm like, no, you're having a premonition that's mm. magic <laughs> yeah so yeah. yeah so it sounds like you know that 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 home environment while it did have some of those vestiges of that that power that you were stepping into yeah. it wasn't your the beginning of your origin story so i'm wondering like how did you step into this how did you begin to step into this role that you have now empowering others into their sensuality you know, I would say the sensuality part came probably around 1920, but I remember like many black girls always being put in the mother nurturing role. You know, I started raising my brother at age 15. I think I started raising my mother and myself around nine. Um, and I remember the first time I had a healing session, I was around 13 and I 
talked my best friend out of committing suicide. Mm. Like, you know, as you get older, you're like, oh, wow, no, I've actually always been doing this work. But the, the, I received the connection about the power of sensuality and how healing it could be actually was when I came out as bisexual and had so many of the like people that I loved in my family kind of disown me. You know, it's like, you're definitely going to hell. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're a pedophile. You can't, I had one aunt that devastated me. She wouldn't let me see my younger cousins. We were all Mm -hmm. very, very close because I grew up babysitting them. And I said, I was like, why are they so afraid? Why have they always been afraid of my body? Like, so I had, I was already a size full C cup at like 11. Oh, wow. Yes. So I was like, and and bless my little heart. All the other women in my family are very Southern Coke bottle bodies. I got the good old nineties, white snake, white girl video fixing body. I feel very attacked. I want to read you. I don't know where I was when they were giving out these Coke bottle bodies, but I was just very top heavy and like flat booty, no hips. So I, so the breasts really stick out. And I just remember how I was always told to put something on. Even now I'm 42 and I just had a video chat with my family. I had on just a regular top. I'm in my house. I usually always wear lingerie, but I have like a little dress gown. Mm-hmm. And I remember my grandmother and my family being like, cover those things up. Like it's, it's, and they still do this. So it's like, I think I just understood that there was power in my sensuality because I couldn't understand why everyone was so threatened by it. And right. so once I saw how threatened people were, it made me kind of start researching just the history of women. And I was like, oh, I see in every religion, you know, you know, there's like, the woman is always wrong. The woman always needs to submit. The woman needs to do this. The woman needs to hold tight to her sexuality, but you also need to be a lady in the streets and a freak in the bed to keep your husband. Yeah. And I was like, something is off here. So I think that's kind of where it was. The seed was planted and I was kind of understanding voices in my head or voices in my body. Like I don't hear the ancestors like clear conversations and list y'all listening. Let's keep it that way. Uh, I, I want to keep you. it right where I have it, where I feel <laughs> it in my body. I feel you speaking in my body. I get the messages in the shower. Let's keep it there for anyone listening. Okay. All right. And so I started like listening to like, you know, no, there's nothing wrong with who you are. And I found myself, you know, wanting to really get into my power by being a performer. Mm-hmm. And I would say the moment I understood the healing power of the sensuality was when Josephine Baker tasked me to continue her legacy. So I started doing burlesque and doing a tribute to her back in like 2003. Mm -hmm. And when I did my first banana skirt dance, I danced with such abandonment. I danced like, like something took over me. I really believe she came over and women and men were crying in the audience after watching me. And this one woman, she was like, I just feel so healed watching you just be so free. So it was my audience that that let me know that that power was activated. Yeah, and, it, and I'm glad that you use the word free because I think a lot of what t- 
terrifies people about women who are in touch and and people in general, I think, Mm -hmm. who are in touch with their sensual and sexual power is that they have freedom. And that freedom is terrifying for a lot of folks because we live in a society that benefits from being able to control us. And so when we divest from that, it's like, wait, how do we kind of pull these people in? And a lot of it comes from just like demonizing Mm -hmm. the the activities, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you've, you've talked a lot about how your family has viewed your sexuality and sensuality, and you are a burlesque performer. You are one of the burlesque performers, <laughs> which is why I'm so honored that you wanted to come and talk to me. I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank um, you. But I wonder if you can give our audience, um, first, give our audience a definition of burlesque because mm-hmm. so many people have the wrong idea of what it is. Mm-hmm. And also talk about your experience of working in that field as a Black woman. Okay, yes. So the real like traditional definition of burlesque means to make a spectacle of. And so when we think about burlesque right now, we either think about, and I say we as a society, we think about a woman who's a hoe, a woman who's a prostitute, she's a sex worker, or we think about a white, beautiful woman who has access to everything. You know, one of the things that make me cringe all the time is hearing very powerful black people say, you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, tapping into my rich white woman, you know, it's like, why not rich black, you know? So when people are thinking about burlesque and thinking about the epitome of glamor and sensuality, the first thing that comes to mind is a white woman, even though historically, in burlesque and basically, in my opinion, all forms of entertainment, most white women who are successful are successful because either their characteristics, their costumes, or their body emulates a woman of color. So when we think about burlesque, it's usually a glamorous black woman. Or if you are in the know, you may think of it being kind of linked to body positivity because a lot of burlesque shows do feature different body types. That's really beautiful. Um, but you know, if you're me, burlesque is theater. Burlesque is theater, darling, it's theater. It's one of the oldest forms of theater. And many of our popular black shows follow the burlesque format. And so with the burlesque format to me, to me anyway, it's, it's always starts with comedy. It always starts with um, an invitation to escape if you are the audience, right? It's always heightened entertainment, heightened glamor. And yes, we're gonna have some sex appeal in there. We're gonna give a little something for the boys in the back. There's gonna be some tongue in cheek. There's gonna be this beautiful dynamic with the audience because that third wall, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh wall, ain't no walls here. We busting through, okay? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna just, boom, bust right through. And so, you know, shows like Sanford and Son in Living Color, these were all burlesque shows. And so for me, right now, burlesque is an invitation of uninhibited freedom. I hope I answered that question. You did. You absolutely <laughs> did. Um, and and I love that you 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 um, implanted it over things that we're familiar with because I I think that people like you said, they have this one dimensional understanding of what this art form is because that's what we're sold, right? Yeah, you that's know, true. Yes. When I hear burlesque, I think of people like Dita Fontis who, yeah. Yeah. you know, she cute, but like, mm. 
it's mm -hmm. that is just one facet of an incredibly layered yes. tapestry right so mm -hmm. you know that's why we need people like you in the room schooling us so that yes. we get it right get it get um, it right <laughs> but you know in that regard I'm also wondering like you know you are a beautiful black woman Thank out you. here performing burlesque and I'm wondering you know what has your experience been trying to navigate in these spaces where people mm -hmm. assume that mm -hmm. the the main performer the headliner is going to be a white woman. white yeah it's it has been it has been quite the journey you know i want to i want to first say that you know burlesque for me was a way that i healed myself from internalized racism especially when i found out about josephine baker and i understood that i could seduce myself and not just rely on the audience to seduce me you know one problem a lot of performers make is they go on stage wanting the audience to applaud them and they want the audience to do these things but you have to go out there and be a gift and so that was my approach and then i leveled it up by making sure all of my performances were rituals and honoring ancestors and josephine baker and unfortunately the most hate and i would dare say racism because for me colorism is a form of racism was from black audience members and black performers the hate was so real and wow. so traumatizing sadly i have to report that yeah you know i think that you're you're tapping into kind of what i want to move into with my next question because mm. no matter how liberated we want to be no matter how free we want to be we have been sold a bill of goods that we need to be respectable in order to be able to stay alive and function in society but we all know that that's bullshit we mm. all know that free real freedom means that we get to perform and inhabit our bodies any way that we like and still yeah. <laughs> have the same rights yeah. and you know richness to life as everyone else and so you know you are teaching these courses of, of how to seduce yourself and i'm wondering you know how can we as as black women kind of uplift each other in that mm -hmm. um so that we can start to become open to mm -hmm our full possibilities, our full freedoms. And I, I know I don't think there's like a one answer to that question, but I kind of just want to enter into a conversation about it because I think that's part of the problem. And I appreciate this question so much because, you know, with my programs, I've actually been praying for more Black women to come to me um, because it was Black women in the audience. Sometimes they would turn their back to me. Hmm. You know, I was touring with Dita Von T. She's actually one of my good friends and my burlesque mentor. And they're there to see this white woman and celebrate her. And they see the one black woman in the show and they're disgusted. Yeah. And so I think it starts with black women allowing themselves to return to themselves. And what I mean by that is, but the white woman you're going to for your sensual coaching your empowerment is emulating a black woman. She was taught from a black woman. Look, look throughout history, everyone imitates us. And so I'm saying return to yourself so that you won't see me and be offended. You won't see me and say shame on her. What about, you know, growing up as a Baptist woman? What about looking at any kind of pictures or documentaries and seeing African people, when they are worshiping 
when they are celebrating, they are dancing, many are topless. Mm-hmm. How can you feel that the seed of you, the root of you is wrong? Yeah, and I, I do I do feel like this younger generation is there. You know, we see a lot of liberated Black women in this yes. younger generation, generation, yes. and we also see a lot of folks upset about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it does come back again to that respectability project um, yes. those respectability politics where, you know, I grew up in that kind of household where you wanted to be safe yeah. above all else, right? So what kept you safe? You keep your clothes on, you keep your mouth shut, you kind of ride that line so that you don't draw attention to yourself, and then you may be able to have a comfortable life, right? Maybe. So. Yes, may. And keyword may, right? <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of fear, I think, wrapped up in this kind of covering up and the shame that we have around our bodies. And, and, I, and navigating that fear mm-hmm. is very difficult. Um, so, you know, just thinking about, again, what you're doing in the world to try and, you know, call that out. Um, I'm wondering how you were able to get past the fear, you know? You know, my childhood really kind of prepped me for it. I was just bullied at home. I was bullied at school. So I kind of grew up with there always being, I was always told that there was something wrong with me. And so I think for me, I knew I had to, be in control of my own happiness. I kind of came up with this mantra, sometimes happiness is a choice. And so I just knew, I also knew that they were wrong when they told me, oh, cover up, do all these things you just mentioned. It's like, right, but I'm still being sexually assaulted. I'm studying the, the women in other parts of the world who are covered up so much so that you only see their eyes and they're still being raped. What I'm asking is, when are we going to talk about the root of the problem? And especially as Black women who have no problem seeing a white woman be liberated, you know, that's when you have to do the work that I did and and be honest about your own internalized racism. And yes, you know, we definitely want to always think about how white people can do this and how they can do this and they can be better. But I think the if we are really wanting to live this liberated life where we are no longer bound by fear, we have to honor our role in the trauma that we are creating for ourselves. And we have to honor the role that we, we don't believe in our own power and we kind of hate ourselves. And that's why we can, we can celebrate a Kim Kardashian or Adina Bontis, but we will not celebrate a Cardi B, a Megan the Stalin, a Pro Noir. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And I think that, you know, again, it comes back to taking your power back, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to I wanna circle back to your course because I, I want you to you tell the audience about this course because I feel like that's one of the things that we can do to take our power back, right? <laughs> yes, like, yes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, where can I sign up? Even <laughs> if you're just you. telling it for me, like tell us the uh, name of the course and, and, and give us the rundown. Okay, thank you for that invitation. So... I created through doing my own work, this beautiful eight week sort of cohort course. It's a combination of, you know, modules and lessons, but I love the idea of meeting. I love the idea of communal healing as a person, as I said, who was assaulted many times as a child and didn't receive that 
communal support. And so it's called Healing Through Seduction. And Healing Through Seduction is an invitation to self-soothe, to heal yourself, to acknowledge your inner child, your diva, and your ancestors by truly being in your body, by activating your throat chakra, by focusing on what it means to have consent with yourself, to honor your boundaries with yourself so that it's easier to honor your boundaries with other people. And most importantly, healing through seduction is a space where especially Black women can release this idea that they're nothing but their pain. They're nothing but what they can do for their community. Their life doesn't matter unless they are in constant pain and in the constant cycle of trauma. So it's an invitation to love yourself on a very deep level because the truth of the matter is you cannot really be an activist for a very long time unless you are taking time to pour into yourself. You cannot raise your children properly without teaching them what it means to value self-care regardless of that gender. If it's a boy, he needs to see his mom take time away from the family for herself. So when he gets a wife, he is not jealous of her going to school. He is not jealous of her having that job. He's not jealous of her putting on that dress and going out with the girls and vice versa for the little girls that you're raising or the trans and non-binary children that you're raising. We have to start letting people see us romance ourselves. We have to get in the habit of caring for ourselves. That way, when that boss tries to gaslight you, and tell you you need to work that extra 80 hours for the year without a raise while he's off in the box office seat at the game, <laughs> making 75% more than you are, you'll be able to say no and know that you can still keep your job. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I hope I explained that. I hope that made sense. It did make sense. And, okay. and what, I'll, what I'll also say, because I've I've been able to take a few online central mm -hmm. movement classes mm -hmm. um, and I'm a very much the introvert. I'm yeah. probably not ever going to be that girl that's going to be out in the streets, like, you know, let it all hang out. But what I do love about taking those courses is that, as you said, what you're learning there translates into other places. Yeah. And so one thing I, I will say, like, if you are hesitant about having that sensual connection with yourself, because you think mm -hmm. that the only way it's going to display itself is, you know, outwardly you yes. completely missed the point what you're doing is internal work yeah and it's deep heavy work that's why it's called healing through seduction so what we usually do is I'll give you like an example we'll come in I will clear the space we'll invite the sensual energy into the room I'll invite everyone's ancestors into the room especially the ancestors who weren't allowed to have a space to be sensual right um, and then we'll do a beautiful grounding exercise. You know, maybe we're going to imagine that we're a tree. We're going to imagine that we're a tree because a tree is unapologetic about any season of their life. And that's something we want to embody. That's something that's seductive because the tree is constantly pouring into themselves and constantly being okay with themselves. You know, we're going to maybe say an affirmation. Why is that seduction? Because anytime you fall in love with someone, you are falling in love with what they're saying to you first and what those words make you feel like. And then what are we gonna do? We're gonna move out the trauma in our body and be okay with our trauma. Why? Because we fall in love with people's trauma. 
that's what people fall in love with. You fall in love with the possibility of saving this person. You fall in love with the possibility of showing this person that there's still light in the world. And I am giving you the invitation to be as empathetic to yourself and to your own trauma. You don't judge their trauma. So why are you judging yours, right? And yeah. then we end with a burlesque inspired ritual. So you don't have to have any dance experience at all. I mean, I, you know, let people wear their lingerie or they turn off their cameras. And some of them do decide to do this naked. They turn off their cameras. They're like, I'm gonna challenge myself and look at myself in the mirror. And it brings up a lot. I won't, you know, I won't lie to the people listening. Sometimes it's nerve wracking to have this black woman be kind to you. And I'm not asking for an orgasm at the end. So that's the last Part. I'm giving people an invitation to experience intimacy without the pressure of giving or receiving an orgasm. And that freaks people out. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, intimacy is just that. You are so close to yourself. <laughs> and it's unnerving because we put so many things in our way to, yes. to distract ourselves from the bodies that we inhabit. Yes. You know? Yes. And so when you're invited to touch your body, it's like, holy crap, I have a body, I have sensation, I have the ability to connect, you know, and yeah, it's really deep. It is. And I'm like, you know, I want you to hug yourself. And people are like, what do you mean, Pearl? I'm like, I just want you to hold yourself. And it's like, ah, and that's why you have to work with me because there you have to give yourself consistent self-care, not waiting until your body shuts down and you're in the hospital, not a bubble bath once a year. No, you know, the same way we have to nourish our body with water and food or we'll die. I don't know who told us we didn't have to nourish our spirit in the same way. We're out here starving energetically. Just, just starving, child. Eat something. so true. Eat something. Yes, yes. So that's what I am. I am, I am the, the, the spiritual growl reminding you that it's time to be good to yourself. That's what healing through seduction is. But I'm oh, I love it. I love it. And you know, <laughs> I love that there are performers like you who are taking what you've learned by getting in touch with yourself and beginning mm-hmm. to share it with others, not just on the stage, but through these courses. And so I'm wondering, you know, you've been in the, the, Field. I'm, I'm going to call it the field of sensual healing for a while, right? You've seen a lot years. of things. Yes. Um, how would you like to see this field continue to grow and evolve? Mm. I, well, first of all, I want to say I am so grateful to be alive right now. I'm so grateful for people like you doing this beautiful work. I'm so grateful for Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, because I have constant access to images of healing. I have constant access to seeing women, my color, my shape doing well and talking about this. So what I will say is that I'm feeling inspired already about where we are going. Um, You know, what I would love to see in the very near future is the continued conversation, but it just being more and more mainstream. I'd love for the light to get a damn good press agent, you know, darkness, baby, that press agent is working, honey. We're hearing about darkness every turn, bitch. Light, come on, girl, don't let darkness punk you. Like, get out here, because there's actually more light out here. But the light doesn't have a good press agent. And so I want light to get a good press agent. I want sensuality to get a good press agent. Um, And I think in order for that to happen, a lot of um, men in power with religion and politics will have to do some healing. 
Oh, and and they are well-deserved shots. I will tell you because you're, you're right. There's so many people out here that are really doing the, the work of like bringing light into the world. And, mm-hmm. and there are so many of us out here doom scrolling <laughs> and it yes. doesn't have to be that way. Yes. It's like, mm. You know, people are like, I just hate what's going on in the world and I hate Instagram. And I'm like, well, my feed is filled with joy and light and sensual beings. And like, I'm waking up every day grounded in gratitude. Yes, yes, yes. Because the only way I'm going to help the cause, you know, that's how I choose to be an activist. You know, I'm going to hold a healing circle for the people who have been out in the streets every day. Okay, well, let's do a, you know, let's get together. Here's the person that I buy my spiritual baths from. You need to cleanse yourself after being in the streets all day. You know, let's hold this healing space. So it's like, that's how I choose to show up in the world and how I choose to be an activist. Yeah. And, and I'm going to segue, I'm going to use that that bringing of activism in the room to segue to something that I would love to talk about with you because it's June, it's Pride Month. Yes, it is. And, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening and there's a lot of really cringy stuff happening, you know, and our black and brown queer folk are definitely people who have moved the movement forward for, you know, rights, for civil rights for folks. And they often Mm -hmm. don't really get credit where credit's due. And since I have you in the room, I Mm -hmm. would feel remiss without, you know, having you tell that part of your story, because I think that visibility is important as well. Thank you. You know, what we have to understand, aside from the fact that there are so many queer people who are leading the charge you know, these people matter and we need to get back to our roots. Be a Christian if you like, but don't forget how Christianity started. Don't forget that people still go to these places and say, I'm not going to feed you, even though I see you're hungry unless you convert. And I bring that up because that's part of why there's just homophobia in the black community because they all bring it back to Christianity. But many of our tribes, bisexual men, are, are revered and celebrated. It's it's actually a very natural thing. And also no one would choose this. No, no one would choose to be gay or bisexual in this society. Let's just start there. And it's so disheartening to hear black people go on and on about what the white man is doing, how life is just so unfair, how the, there's police brutality. And there is, but when are we gonna talk about the brutality with black gay people, the queer community, how you literally throw them in the trash. Who was it, Lee Daniels that did the episode where he's like, that really happened to me on, um, I forget the name of this black show, but it's like, they have a scene where the the boy comes out, it's gay, they see he's gay, he's in heels, and the father throws him in the trash. And it's like, kind of like this Monique thing, you know, it's like people in the queer community really rally for her. And then as soon as she gets into it with DL Hughley, she brings, she says, oh, you know, that stands for DL. So it's like, you know, queer people are okay to march and fight and go to war and do things behind the scenes, but you don't revere them. And so it's like, you are emulating white people to me. Yeah. Yeah. How you discard us. 
And a big part of our community's healing is becoming a community. And that means everybody's here. Everyone. You know, we always say we're not free until everybody's free, but that that can't be everybody. But, you know, it has yes. to be everybody, period. Everybody, period. I want to bring up this, too, if you will let me really quickly, since we're talking about queer activists. Today is Josephine Baker's birthday. And she was a, very much a career activist. You know, she has a whole day from NAACP. That's not talked about. She was the only woman to speak at the March on Washington. She was very heavily involved and a lot of black people mistreated her when she was alive as well. So we have to, we have to stop. Yes, white people are treating us poorly. I agree with that, but we are not gonna defeat them until, as you said, we really, on, we really honor that, but we all have to be free and we, we gotta stop allowing people to help us they're good enough to help but they can't come to the barbecue after you have been liberated by you know all of their actions they've marched in all of this for us right right absolutely and and, and thank you uh, for bringing our queer ancestors into the room because a lot of people want to erase that part of folks you know mm -hmm. I'm a writer and so James Baldwin is one of my just absolute icons uh, yes and such an amazing activist, such an amazing writer, but also, you know, he was very vocal, <laughs> you know, and a lot of people yeah. kind of want to forget that part of history, but queer people have always been here. Yeah. It's just, it feels like there's, there's more queer people visible now because they can be. <laughs> because, Not, because they can be. Not because they, you know, you know, the queer agenda. <laughs> right. The queer agenda. It's like, mm. Let's talk about the, the war on little girls' bodies. Right. Let's talk about that agenda. Let's talk about, we're not gonna invite James Baldwin or Josephine Baker to the, the cookout, but R. Kelly, come through. Yeah, there are still folks that are playing that music. And, you know? You know, it's, it is, it's, it's a double standard within the community. And it's very much, I think, rooted into, again, this fear around sexuality that mm -hmm. we have because, we have to continue to play the role of the respectable Negro in order for us mm -hmm. to be able to keep this, you know, perceived freedom that we have. And queer mm -hmm. folks are out here just messing it up for everybody, right? Why in the yeah. world are you doing that? Yeah. And it's like, but you're not really free. <laughs> you're not really free. And like we said, there are women around the world who can only show their eyes and they're still being assaulted. Yeah. You know, I mean, this all goes back to, to, to slavery, whether or not people want to also acknowledge that. Yeah. This, is, this is all like the fear of women, you know, it's like the black woman needs to be respectful. Well, maybe she was, you know, they were taking, they were taking royals and, and scientists and doctors and mothers, you know, they, they took respectable people, put them in clothes and had them sweating all day, barely breathing, barely bathing, but yet somehow got raped the men too yep. yep yep and so this this fear that a display of sexuality is going to somehow attract some kind of assault it's like but that's not even what the assault is about it's about it's power about, yes it's about i mean hello little kids get assaulted right all the right. time unfortunately and uh so this argument is ridiculous it is it is but <laughs> it's ridiculous again i am i'm so heartened that 
there are black and brown queer folks that are out here and they are showing their pride this month. I love to yeah. see it, you know, yeah. um, and I just hope and pray that more folks in our community, and I'm talking to us because this program mm-hmm. is for black folk mm-hmm. in our community, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. start to see that walking around with this hate and judgment for folks is just not, it's not the wave and it's not going to get you anywhere. You it's, know? it's not. And that's, that's the work I've been called to do. You know, because again, I speak on it because I can admit that I hated myself for years. I hated my brown skin. I hated my breasts. And it's like, but this is who I am. I hated the way I walked because of X, Y, and Z. And and we have to return to our bodies. We have to return to rituals. Yes. We have to return to true freedom and, and allowing ourselves to do things like cry and release and ask for help and yell and whelp and be out of ourselves in a intimate setting that doesn't include sex, masturbation, or being angry at what white people are doing. Let's be angry about what we are doing. Right, right. And let's come back to love, you know? Yes. I mean, yes. at the end of the day, that's what we're, we're moving back to, right? Love mm-hmm. for self, Yes. And then we can emanate that out as love for others. Absolutely. And that's not to say that you can't protect yourself. That's not to say that you can't have boundaries. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when we're carrying around all of this hate and anger, the person is going to eat up first is you. Yep. And then your community, then your, you know, your loved ones, your community, because again, we want to, we want to uplift our communities, but we yeah. can't, we cannot give from an empty cup. Yep. Yep. So I have one more question for you, Pearl, and it's, it's really coming back to you and your mm-hmm. journey. You do a lot of work to help others. And I'm wondering what you do on a regular basis to help yourself. Like, what mm-hmm. does your self-care look like to make sure that you're able to keep your cup full? <laughs> Thank you for asking. So I cry a lot. If I'm happy, if I get some good news, I cry. If I feel devastated, I cry. I pause a lot. I take a lot of naps. Um, especially after sessions, I allow myself to rest. Um, I do a lot of spiritual baths. Um, my priestess, she's a hoodoo priestess. Um, and so I, you know, have returned to the herbs, healing your body and healing your spirit. You know, um, I use a lot of protection oil and, and I speak about abundance a lot. I journal a lot and I dance. I say dancing. And again, you don't have to be a professional dancer. I'm talking about returning to when we, when they did show us ourselves in a positive light, we were topless. You know, they said that was negative, you know, um, but I saw it as something positive and the women were moving their bodies. That's why I don't think twerking is bad. If you look at these tribes, that's where it comes from. So mm-hmm. I allow myself to move my body. I allow myself to move energy all the time. I speak out loud to myself. I speak out loud to my ancestors and I talk to my inner child a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And I always um, schedule time off. So if I'm, you know, the last healing through seduction that was for six weeks. And then I took an 18 day sabbatical where all I did was sleep, catch up on some TV, went out to have caviar, went out to have oysters. So you wanna make sure that you work, you know, go for your goals and work, but also schedule time to, to be off. Yeah, yeah, so many great self-care gems there. I love Thank them all. You. And I, I hope that folks go back and listen to it again and take some notes because there's yes. some really yes. good stuff there. Yeah. Yes, yes. And also the last thing too is um, 
also taking time for true masturbation. And so what I mean by that is like actually activating your body first, doing things like body mapping and yoni tapping, actually activating your body, even if it isn't to orgasm, but to spend time seducing yourself. Actually take, instead of, you know how we do, put this lotion on, child, let me get out the door. You know, okay. okay, so you need to leave at two maybe you take from one to two to get ready instead of washing the dishes. Okay, now we're gonna vacuum. Okay, now we gotta do Tommy Buck Bucks and Yong Yong and Peanuts homework right here until you get out the door. And there has been <laughs> no time for you to activate yourself where it's like, oh, okay, well now I've done all this and I'm gonna have sex with my partner, but you haven't even revved your body up. So also mm -hmm. spending some more time like really truly seducing yourself and your body. And so that's yes. the last part. I, you know, I have to add that sensuality in there. No, I love it. I love it. And that's, <laughs> that's how we learn ourselves. That's how we get to know ourselves. And that's how we take our power back, which is so yeah. beautiful. Yes, yes. Pearl, this has been amazing. I cannot tell you just how much I've enjoyed talking with you. I feel like we could continue this conversation for another hour. But um, I will end it here because I think that we've given our audience such a beautiful journey in this mm -hmm. conversation but I do want to ask you what you're working on where we can find you you know yes. um tell us everything thank you so I'm everywhere but definitely follow me on Instagram because I do daily healing through seduction tips um motivational talks and also real talks so that is t-h-e-p-e-r-l-e n-o-i-r-e okay on instagram and hopefully you all will get into my beautiful program registration opens for my eight-week course on um what day is it june 7th and registration closes on the 23rd but i'm having a nice early bird special so make sure you hit me up so that you can get into this program. What we're gonna be doing in the program is spending eight weeks dedicated to being kind to ourselves, dedicated to recharging, dedicated to finding hopefully new and exciting rituals for you all. I haven't done a ritual yet in my 20 plus years that anyone has done before. You know, like I've created these burlesque inspired rituals to do in the bed. Um, you know, we're like using vibrators, but on our body, not on our groin area in our body and dancing with them. We're moaning so that we can open up that throat chakra. So we know how we sound when we are in our power so that it's easier for us to tell people what we need, including our family, including our partners. And so it's, it's an eight week invitation to have me be your sensual Jiminy Cricket. I'm going to be your guide, baby. This is what we're doing today. And it's an invitation to have this like very glamorous, sensual community of like-minded people saying, you ain't extra, you're just right. Come and wear that red lipstick as a black woman. Yes, you can wear the red lipstick. Come wear it here. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we love it. And we will have links to everything in the show notes, folks. Thank so you. please check out the show notes. Click on those links sign up for the course and you know check out pearl on ig so you can get some weekly dose of black joy yes <laughs> on your feed yes um and i'm just again i'm so grateful for the work that you are doing you and too. i just hopefully will continue to see you thrive out here and um thank you so much thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you mm.
Uh, my heart is full. My cup is full. I am so grateful to Pearl Noir for wanting to come on the show and sharing her wisdom and talking about her journey as a performer, as a Black woman, as a sensual, sexual woman. I think that even for the most conservative of us, there's something to be gained from having a bit more intimacy with ourselves. It's how we get in touch with ourselves is how we learn who we are and you know whether you're someone who takes this information and it opens a door for you to to display it for the world or you take this information and and you hold it tight to your heart and you use it just to heal yourself there's something here for everyone and i'm so appreciative of our healers in this intimacy sensuality sexuality space because we are full and beautiful human beings that need healing in every facet of our our character our personality our being and and this is a it's a huge one so i hope that you all will check out pearl's course um if nothing else give her a follow on ig i find her posts to be very eye-opening and there are reminders to love myself (laughs) and so it might help you to remember to love on yourself as well um we will have all of the links in the show notes so please do check that out and also folks i know i don't do a call very often but if you are interested in being on the podcast um please do get in touch um i'm always looking for folks who are in the wellness industry and want to share their expertise here. I'm especially interested in talking to folks who are in the world of counseling and therapy. Um, But, you know, wellness is such a broad umbrella and I am just always happy to connect with Black women working in the world of wellness. So if that's you and you want to be on the pod, um, you can find our contact details in the show notes as well. Um, And just one more call. uh, If you're a writer and you are looking looking to have some exposure for your work. We are always looking for folks to post on our blog. Um, It's a great space to um, share your expertise uh, with the world, with our audience, and also to kind of cross-pollinate if you have a website and your own blog. We like to, you know, connect people to your spaces as well. So basically what I'm saying is get in touch. The email is in the show notes. It's blackwomeninwellness at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, good people, be safe and be well.